0: It's time now for 15 Minutes of Faith, practical application of God's timeless truth for today, with your host, me, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan. So let's get started with 15 Minutes of Faith. It's a sin filled, wicked world out there. Don't leave home without your sword. Thanks for joining us once again here today on 15 Minutes of Faith. I am your host, Pastor Jeremy Byler of Harvest Baptist Church in Bay City, Michigan, on the south side of Bay City, right there on Salzburg Avenue. If you're going to Jack's Fruit Market, uh, you're within eyeshot of our church. And if you're going to go there, you might as well just take this trip right on down the road and join us for church. We meet every Sunday For Sunday school at 10 a.m., we have a time of fellowship, and we get into God's Word, and we discuss it and learn and try to apply it to our lives as we grow in the Lord. Then we have Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. We have church for all age groups. From nursery on up, we have something for you at Harvest Baptist Church, where our intent is to help you grow in the Lord, help you to receive His Word, And before any of that, to help you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We also have a Sunday night service at 6 p.m. That's one of my favorite services. It feels more like family time in God's house at Harvest Baptist Church, but anyone is welcome. So I would encourage you to come on down as well. And then Wednesday nights, getting you into your midweek service where we gather together for a Bible study and also for a time of prayer. And we also have Pee Wee Club for the little kids as well. And we have stuff for teens And we're getting into having a new class for our young adults as well, taught by none other than Jonathan Treadway, a good young man, and his wife, Sydney, will be leading that class. So if you're within the age group of 18 to 29, there's something for you as well. And we're looking forward to what the Lord is going to do in those classes, and we're looking forward to what the Lord's going to do in your life. And we've been learning a lot in the book of Ephesians, chapter number six is where we're picking up today as we finish off our series on the armor of God. Remember, this all started with a talk about fretting, and that we should fret not, as Psalm 37 tells us, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And we learned that during that time, what we are to do is we are to trust in the Lord, we are to do good, we're to delight ourselves in the Lord, we are to commit our way unto the Lord, And we're to rest in the Lord, and that will help us, as Psalm 37, verse 8 says, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And we know that one way to do that is by putting on the armor of God. And we're getting right on down to it in Ephesians chapter 6. Because when it comes to fighting the battle, we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The devil would love us to continue fighting one another. And I know that we would agree that we see nothing but fighting amongst ourselves, whether it be on the television, whether it be on social media, Whether it be Christians against non Christians, or even worse yet, Christians against other Christians battling one another, we must remember that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against the spiritual wickedness in high places led by none other than the prince of the power of the air, that is Satan. So, because of that, in order for us to stand, we must put on the armor of God. And that brings us. To verse number 17 and we started with that last week talking about the helmet of salvation not that the helmet is our salvation but we learned that the helmet is the assurance of our salvation taking the knowledge with us that those of us that have called upon Jesus Christ for salvation have the understanding that we are in God's hands and no man can pluck us out of our father's hands and we also are on the winning side. And remember that we have that victory going along with us, and we continue in verse 17 where it says, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So finally, we have the completeness of our attire as we prepare to go into battle. And finally, we are given the sword, right? Many of us We would think, well, I want to go in the battle, give me the sword first. But we put on the entirety of the armor of God as we prepare to do battle against the wiles of the devil. As we use that shield of faith to fight off those fiery darts and to quench them. But also, as we see, the sword is a magnificent weapon that we can use. And it's not just used as we cower in defense. That's one thing we need to remember with Christians being on the victory side. The battle's already been won. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, he meant it, and it is the truth. Yes, it was finished, him fulfilling his father's will for his life, dying on the cross, paying the penalty for the sin of the world, but it was also finished, as he would die on the cross, he would be buried, as they do with dead men, and raise again the third day, according to the scriptures, finishing the fulfillment of the prophecy, and continuing on, knowing, that not only have we received forgiveness for the penalty of sin, but we've also received power against the power of sin. And that is done through the Word of God. So we are given a weapon that is, one, obviously it is used as a defensive mechanism to block other shots, but also it's used as an offensive weapon. And that's one thing we need to remember when it comes to the battle against the wicked one, that we are on the offensive. We, Christians, are on the move. And that's what we see. We are given the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And there is a wonderful, magnificent example where this has been used uh, in faith and practice. And as you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, we see Jesus gives us the prime example of how it works to do battle against the devil with the sword of the Spirit or the Word of God. Matthew chapter 4 We see that Jesus was in the wilderness, and he was tempted of the devil. And when it says in chapter 4, verse 3 of Matthew, it says, And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. We see the fiery dart the devil throws that way at Jesus, uh, going against uh, the, the lust of the flesh there. If thou be the Son of God, command these stones be made bread. He said this at a time where he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And the Bible even says that he was hungry. He, had, he Afterward, he was hungered, and he had a desire to eat, and that was the first thing the devil did. He came to what he thought would be his weakness, and that's what he does with the fiery darts towards us as well. He will attack our weaknesses. But we see what Jesus says in verse number 4, "...but he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God." he used scripture to do battle against the devil. And that fiery dart was quenched, and not only with the shield of faith, obviously, but with the word of God. And then in verse number five, it says, then the devil taketh him into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee in their hands, they shall bear thee up. Lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. There we see we've got the temptation of the pride of life. Again, asking him, if thou be the Son of God. If you are who you say you are, Jesus, uh, throw yourself from this building, because the angels will have to protect you. But Jesus, once again in verse 7, says, It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And then in verse 8 of Matthew chapter 4, he says, Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the glory of them. And we see there the lust of the eyes and he saith unto him all these things give I thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. And Jesus's response to that was in verse number 10, then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence Satan for it is written thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. And then at the end of that particular event, in verse eleven, it says, "Then the devil leaveth him, and he left." And we see there that Jesus gave an example of using the word of God to do battle, to be on the offensive against Satan, and he left him. And that's the same example for you and I as well. See, there's a, a think phenomenon in this world in which we live, to where people will tell you that God's word is not sufficient, but it is. It is all sufficient. Uh, it is inerrant. That means it is without error. And it is powerful, as we learn in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, where it says, for the word of God is quick. That word quick, it means alive. Alive. It is the living word. And powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. What does it do? It pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God is powerful. Don't let anybody tell you that it is not. And the Word of God is sufficient. Uh, They'll say, well, in this day and age, the Bible was written, it's an archaic relic, written in days gone by. It's not applicable for today's day and age. That is a lie. The devil wants you to believe that lie. Imagine you're going into battle, and the devil, your enemy, looks, and he sees the sword that you could have in your possession. Of course, he's going to say, don't use that. It's not going to work. Don't use that. It's not an effective weapon. Actually, put that down and try to find something else to fight with. Are you going to let the enemy tell you which elements or which weapons to bring into the battle? Of course not. So why do we do that with the Word of God? People try to tell us that the Bible is not relevant It is not helpful in today's day and age, but the Word of God says it is powerful. It is alive. Because we know in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says all Scripture, all of it, is given by what? By inspiration of God. And it says that it is profitable for doctrine, for the things that we learn, for reproof, for the things that we do wrong, for correction, how to get them right, and for an instruction in righteousness, how to stay right with God. So not only is it an offensive weapon to fight off the attacks of the devil, but it helps us as well. Matthew chapter 24, verse 35 says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. We know that the word of God is everlasting and that is something to be uh, at our disposal. And how do we do that? So how does that apply in today's day and age? We say, well, the devil's not going to take us on a high mountain. The devil's not going to expect us to turn uh, stone into bread. The devil's not going to tell us to do this or do that. Jesus was just in the right place at the right time. No, that is our perfect example, Jesus Christ right there before us. And the only way to be able to use the Word of God at your disposal against the wiles of the devil, is to be in the word of God. You see, those of us that have called upon the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation have dwelling within us the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit is our comforter, and he also helps by teaching us to pray the things that we ought to pray. And also, he helps us remember scripture. He brings things to our remembrance. But the thing of it is this. You can't bring something to your remembrance if you have not first seen it. And in order to do that, you must be in the Word of God and be reading the Word of God and perhaps memorizing the Word of God, but I would encourage you to just start reading it. Uh, just take it in. Allow the, the Word to come and dwell within your heart. The Bible says, "My word, Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. And as you read these verses, you will be surprised how moments will come up, and the Holy Spirit will bring verses to your memory. And you're thinking, how did I know that? How did I remember that? That's the power of the Holy Spirit, using the Word of God to help you. So when you find yourself in a situation remembering that the battle is the Lord's, and you find yourself in a situation where you're having a struggle, perhaps you've used the shield of faith to quench a fiery dart, but you need to go on the attack and get Satan behind you. As Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, you need to use the Word of God. That's the only effective weapon that will get the devil to leave you and to go away is the Word of God. And remember, the sword of the Spirit, it is an offensive weapon to use and as an attack weapon against the enemy, which is the devil. The Bible is not a weapon to be used against other people. Now, we can use Scripture to back up a particular stance that we take. We can use Scripture to defend the truth but we must never use it to attack other people or to be a malicious weapon. The the Word of God is a source of life, and we use it to fight against the devil, but we use it to provide life to those who are seeking it through Jesus Christ our Lord. And in order to do that, you must first... Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And if you have not done that, I would encourage you to do so. And one way you can find out more about that is by coming to Harvest Baptist Church on 710 Salzburg Avenue in Bay City, Michigan. And I would encourage you to come. And when you do come, come on in and say, Pastor Byler, I listen to you on 15 minutes of faith. And if you do that, I will give you a gift, I promise you. I'll take you right over to our supply closet and say, this is for you, enjoy. What is it? I don't know, you'll have to find out. So come on in, join us for church and join us next week. But in the meantime, and until next time, stay faithful.